And remember that we are not descended from fearful men. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Five, four, three. The Kellen and Alex Show. Zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Tell him, Blake, you fat donut. I am a fat donut who <laughs> likes Kellen to eat walruses. Okay. Kellen and Alex Show. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Congrats on being the first female on the Kellen and Alex Show. Uh, there you go. Honored. 37 we, we episodes. We need to get more females out here. You know, maybe, maybe we can maybe we can soon search in the Amazon for the female diaconates. Oh my god! <laughs> this is a throwback. That is not where I came from. <laughs> that was a throwback. I was joking, guys. That was a throwback to probably last year when there was a big so-called Amazon synod where um, Pope Francis or whatever got together with a committee at the Vatican, right? Yes, and they were discussing whether to have female diaconates in the Amazon, aka By the way, Argentinian area. They he just released a new encyclical, actually, oh, on hey. the the world on it's called um <coughs> Fratelli Tutti. So all, all brothers. brothers, right? Um, Fratelli Tutti. We're all brothers in Christ and worldwide brotherhood. Uh haven't read it yet, but it's just come out. So uh, anyways, that's not the subject of that's our... That's not the subject of tonight. But we have our special guest, Jocelyn Scott. Jocelyn, you are a sophomore? Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> what What is... Uh, do you like to do missionary work? I do, actually. <laughs> Two years ago, I served on Net uh, Net Ministries, and that's why I'm a sophomore, because I'm a little bit behind. But we took a gap year right after high school to do that. <clears throat> so did you graduate in 2018? 2018, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm okay. class of 2016. Kellen, you are 2016. 2016. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm a little youngin'. <laughs> That's right. And you did net for a year? I did. Year? It's a nine month commitment. So, yes, I did it for, uh, yeah, nine months, two years ago. Where? How big is net? It's quite big. So, the headquarters is in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, but now we have a couple bases, I think. So, in Ireland, we're trying to get one in Spain. We have one in Canada. Uganda and a few other places that are slipping my mind, but yeah, I started in St. Paul, and then um, yeah, about every year in in U.S. we have about like 170 to 80 uh, missionaries every year. It's kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought awesome. that was just United States only. No, no, we got it. Yeah, so we have Ireland and then a few others like Canada, and then I think we have one. Yeah, we have an uh, Australia. Do you have yeah. to have like special qualifications to go overseas? As compared to like in the United States? Um, not that I know of. I think it's pretty much the same thing. It's just a very different calling because it's like, even though it's the same sort of like mission work, it's to a completely different like, yeah, culture or whatever else. And so like, for example, if you don't know the language, then like that's a little bit tough. But um, but yeah, so there's like different criteria, but it's pretty much the same. You don't yeah. know the language, you Kiwi? <laughs> <laughs> not the biggest Aussie fan. I'm gonna, I'll put that out there. People know it about me. Um. Yeah, no. So multiple countries. How long ago was this started, Net Ministries? I want to say it was like about 30, 40 years ago, about 40. Oh, wow. That's yeah, really something old. like that. Yeah. So it's been it's been around for a little minute. Um, but yeah, it's really cool because so Mark Burcham is the one who started it. And he had a team way back when. And so every year we have uh, teams of like eight to 12 um, yeah, missionaries and we just get sent out all around the country and now in other countries. Pretty and what does cool. it stand for? Uh, so NET stands for National Evangelization Teams. Um, so that's basically where young adults ages 18 to 28, we minister to um, youth from like 6th to 12th grade. And so the most popular way like that NET's kind of known for is to do retreats. So like most of our teams of like 8 to 12 um, young adults will be sent across the U.S. Some of them will travel to like 20 different states um, and they'll put retreats on for <laughs> Um, yeah, for youth. And we have another type of team that's called discipleship team. And they, what they do is they primarily stay in just like one location at like one parish or school. And they kind of help like build up like the youth ministry program or just like a youth program there at the school or parish. Um, yeah. So I was a regional team. So I kind of had like a good hot mix of both. So it was, it was really nice because I got to travel around uh, I traveled like every one to three days. <laughs> and wow. so, yeah. And um, so I would travel yeah, every one to three days. But the um, the nice thing is that I would be able to go back to some of the same like parishes or schools. So other like uh, other than the other teams, like I was able to kind of 
plant the seeds, but go back and kind of like water them a little bit and see them grow and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but it definitely was interesting being the LA regional team because uh, that like group isn't as receptive and as accepting of um, like the retreats and everything else because the faith is a little bit more shoved down their throat. Um, but we did the best we can because Nets also very testimonial based. Like we're not there to like shove the faith down your throat and to be like, let's debate church teachings because you could debate that all you want, but you can't debate somebody's like personal story. So that's how we get to them. Yeah. The people in, I mean, Los Angeles, California, I mean, it's pretty, obviously pretty liberal. Mm -hmm. Uh, what was it, what was it like dealing with kids that, you know, like you said, had the faith shoved down their throat. I mean, what does that kind of look like and how do you kind of open up their shell a little yeah, bit? Yeah, definitely. So that was definitely one of the, the biggest challenges because it's a very like Hispanic culture and like as like in that it's really easy for you to just like you grow up, you're Catholic, that's just kind of the cultural thing. But also like for Quinceanera, it's um I believe it's mandatory to make your confirmation in order to have it. And so unfortunately, like a lot of the girls in particular would be on these confirmation retreats only to be able to just kind of check the box and uh, make their quince. And so it was really interesting because like, um, again, like you can debate church teaching all you want. And that's kind of like, they were all forced just to go to mass on Sundays and everything else. And so like, they just saw it as like checking the box sort of thing. And so we kind of took a step back and helped them recognize that like, it's not like your faith isn't checking a box. Like it's not like trying to like, yeah, to do all the necessary things so that you'll make it into heaven. Like it's more of a relationship. And so that's what we showed them is like we shared them, shared with them our stories and how we have a relationship with the Lord, what that looks like, that the joys he brings us and all these different things that like you literally can't debate. Like you can just see it in these missionary faces and like just how they explain it that like they mean what they say. Um, and just like you can't like take back their story. And so basically that's how we get to them. And another great thing is um one of my favorite things in that is having small groups on retreat. And so you have an opportunity to kind of a more intimate group and just kind of like dive deep into like, what is holding them back from having that relationship? Like what's like holding them back from being able to be open to like, yeah, not just checking those boxes or just to have that relationship. So that's kind of how we would like, um, just like meet them where they were at. Cause that's another beautiful thing. We're young people ministering to young, you know, people. So it's like, we're, we're, in their shoes, you know, we're not much older than them and we're just kind of like walking with them the best we can. Okay. Yeah. Was it dangerous to work in LA? And <laughs> so we've definitely had some interesting experiences. Um, yeah. So like there's, there's some definite areas that were very sketch, not going to lie. Um, we also, so we were LA regional team, but we also went to Vegas as well. And Vegas especially um, was kind of a crazy time because- while, Vegas, baby. Oh my gosh, no, I don't recommend. She doesn't like, want us to go to Vegas. <laughs> no, Anyways, I don't. We're, we're trying to go to a UFC fight. I don't fight, recommend. Right? <laughs> we like, won't gamble, we promise. I mean, like, it doesn't matter. It's just like, as soon as you walk in there, like, I don't know, I- um, I just read people's hearts really well. And so as soon as I walk in there, I could just read that. Like everyone just feels so like gross, you know? And so like being there definitely was interesting and like being in Hollywood and different areas like that, like you can just feel like a weight on top of you. But then also like putting that aside, like we're missionaries. We're literally like living holy lives to the best of our ability. You know, like we're obviously imperfect, but we're trying to like evangelize and all these things. So the devil hates us. Right. And so like, there definitely was like, you know, lots of moments where like the devil would try and like attack our team. Like even when it came down to like spiritual warfare, that was like really scary, you know, but like, um, but the, the Lord always provided like down to like the fact. So one of the things with my team, um, we were known to have like the most trailer problems. And so we had to rent like, I don't know, five or six different U-Hauls, but one time in particular, um, being in LA, there's lots of mountains. Right. And so we would travel down the mountains and we found out once we parked at a retreat, that if you lifted the trailer up, you can take the wheels off the axle. And so we didn't realize that like literally this entire time, like it was the Holy Spirit. It was like the Lord providing to keep us safe because everything us missionaries own is in that trailer. And so because we live off of a, a suitcase and a backpack and that's it. Um, for me, since I'm a musician, I have my guitar with me as well. And so like if that broke off the side of the mountain, went down the cliff, like we're done. So, yeah, that was God provides. <laughs> That's nuts. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. I got, I got to stop. There. Your tire. <laughs> yes. You realize there were no like 
bolts holding it so in. So I don't I, I so I wasn't like okay, I know different things about cars, but I wasn't there like to see it because I was helping like lead the retreat, right? But I heard that like our van guy, um, like our trailer dude or whatever, like he said, like, yeah, if you lifted the trailer up, you can legitimately take the wheel off. <laughs> completely <laughs> off. <laughs> Man, who, who gave, gave you the trailer? trailer? I know, right? I don't know what the was heck. It so we, wait, wait, it was a U-Haul? It was so it wasn't a U-Haul. <laughs> we had to rent several U-Hauls. There was one time we were literally stuck in the middle of the road because like the axle just collapsed and we were just like there in the middle of the road. And so that was a fun time. We had to like that was like our fourth U-Haul or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely crazy because like we just had like one problem after one problem. We had the nicest van though. Our van was apparently the newest one, so like that was pretty great. But like we made up for it with the trailer that wasn't so great. <laughs> Let's just lift this up, and the tire just rolls off. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. We got oh. that thing fixed over and over, but nope. Yeah, this is a time. <laughs> That's scary. That yeah. is scary. especially in yeah. LA traffic. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh! Yeah, because I was so for. Um, <clears throat> drivers they generally have you be like 19 and have different experiences stuff like that since i have like a ton of siblings and basically drive like a bus um they had me drive but it was crazy because i'm driving a 15 passenger van with a trailer that's broken like half the time with like 12 other passengers like 11 other passengers through la traffic was like the time of my life (laughs) yeah that's nuts yeah how many siblings do you have? So I have five younger siblings. Yeah. Oh, wow, the cool. youngest is five years old. So there's about a 15 year difference. So it's kind of crazy because they kind of feel like my kids. <laughs> like, not going to lie. Like, How I don't know. boy, mind girl? Uh, there's two boys and three girls. Yeah. Nice. It's a time. We're all J's, by the way, too. Even my parents. So everyone nicknames us like the J family or the J crew. Yeah. Well, you got to say it now. What are their names? <laughs> oh, man. So my start, par- start with mom and dad. All right. So my parents is Jim and Jessica. I'm Jocelyn. Then it's Juliana, Joelle, James, Jacob, and Jacinta. And then I have two <sighs> brothers. Well, I'm hoping the second one's a brother. But yeah, two brothers in heaven. And it's John Isaac. And I... We call him Elijah. It counts. There's a J in there. Whatever. <laughs> There's a J in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he cares. He's in heaven, right? <laughs> Hopefully. So retreats are the main thing for, for net ministry. So that's what we're known for. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really cool. So I've, we have the scent teams here, which mm-hmm. I think are kind of, are they like similar to net in some way? Like they do retreats or something like that. Yeah, but it's, it's with Franciscan heard, students. Yeah. I don't know too much um, about scent, but it seems pretty similar. Yeah. I did it for one semester. Okay. And it was, we just did like, Two retreats, okay. uh, one with middle schoolers and one with high schoolers. Yeah, we did like a hundred. Uh, yeah, you guys do like that's like your full time thing. <laughs> yes, you know yes. what I mean? For 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 sin, I think it's kind yeah. of just casual. Um, but uh, yeah, it, no, it's really interesting because yeah, having you guys just be young people mm-hmm. leading retreats yeah. has got to be like so impact impactful on. I hope so. Yeah, kids, and, it, and it's it's awesome because so like being the regional team. Um, we did a few other different things. So like we helped out with like, so we have a regional office in LA. And so we were able to help out with different like conferences and stuff like that. Um, there's this thing called LA Congress, which is really popular. Like people from all over go to that. Uh, Father Mike Smith was there. I got to meet him there. That was awesome. And so like, um, there's different things we're able to do, but yeah, in regards to the retreats, like it was awesome because like for me personally, like one of my glory stories, one of my favorite things, um, experiences on net. So, I prayed the entire time. Like I've never struggled with like pride, but I wanted to like really embody like a new sense of humility. And so I prayed that whole year that like I wouldn't get many affirmations or any affirmations at all. Um, And so, but like I knew I needed that at the same time. And so it took the whole year um, where there was one parish in particular where we would visit every single month. And I had this one small group and it was really draining. Like small groups are amazing, but they can be really draining if you're on like all the time. Right. And so, but I had this one small group every month that we went and there's these two girls in particular that, um, that were just like kind of my crew. <laughs> and it was really great because like at first, like you could just tell, like it was almost like a dark cloud that like covered like both of them, especially one of them in particular. And like, since I got to see them every month, we would have like this thing where we would set a goal by the next time we would see each other. So like, we're like, all right, let's try and grow in this. Well, one girl in particular, her name is Samantha, um, amazing, beautiful woman. She would set this goal of like, um, yeah, trying to be involved in less drama in school and to have like a, a relationship with the Lord. But every time she came, she had a new story to tell, like a new drama story to tell and nothing was changing. And then it took like halfway through um, for like, things start to change. But then it was like the second to last time we were there. I, she didn't even say a word. She just walked up and literally I just saw this like glow 
And it was the craziest thing. Like she didn't, she didn't even have to say a word for me to just see that she completely just glowed. It was a whole different person. And it was just the most amazing thing. Cause she was telling me in small group that like, she finally took that step of like actually owning up to like the different things she was getting involved in and like talking to her parents about like different things that were going on and like actually taking that big step um, and completely transforming. And it was beautiful because the last time they were there, um, they gave me like notes mean the world to me. Like I love notes so much. And it was beautiful because she wrote me like this whole long letter of just explaining to me of like how, you know, the youth group and like net has impacted her um, mm. and like the small group, I mean. And so it was just awesome to see how like, I didn't have to do anything. I just had to be myself, you know? And that's what every missionary does is like, they just bring themselves. Like we're all broken. We all have, you know, our baggage that we bring, but and letting the Lord use that nothingness and like that open vessel that we are, um, or try to be anyways, like he just does so much. Um, and being like, yeah, not much older than them. It's beautiful because like, they're not like, you know, like sometimes like youth ministers, like once they're really old, you're like, you don't understand, like you're not in these times. But like for us, we're like, I did it straight out of high school and I'm doing, you know, retreats for even seniors. So some of them are like the same age as me, you know? So it's really awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. And it's like that type of, evangelization like you were talking about not just having endless theological debates and like yeah, i'm gonna definitely. win it's you know i read um i had a class on uh saint newman john henry newman last year and he has this principle called um moving from real uh, notional ascent to real ascent and what he means by that is notional ascent is like okay i think these things are true real ascent is where he says where you move from just thinking these things are true mm-hmm. to like really receiving it into your heart like this is true and um, I think with you guys, with, with Net, like when you who are like 19 years old, 20 years old, mm-hmm. you know, these kids who are just coming and, and, and giving retreats to these other kids, it takes, you know, let's say those, uh, you know, girls just trying to get their quinceanera. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, wait, these notional truths, these just ideas of like, okay, God, reality, how I'm supposed to live my life, mm-hmm. the Eucharist, the mass, everything. Like these people gave up a year of their lives, yeah. the Net people to come and tell you that these things really matter to them. Yeah. Like really in their heart really matter. It's not just a notional like, well, yeah, I believe all the things that the Catholic church teaches, mm-hmm. but like, no, it's real. It's personal. It's all parts of my life. Yeah, definitely. And that's so cool that you guys do that type of stuff. Right? Yeah. It's awesome too. Cause another thing we do. So like, aside from having talks and testimonies, like we're also just goofballs. Like if you know any of the net missionaries, like if you know me for one, like I'm the biggest goofball. Right. And so like, it's awesome. Cause we also have like silly skits or we have like dramas or stuff like that. And like, it's awesome because we're just kind of like, I mean, we're all supposed to be childlike, you know, there's a difference between being childish and childlike. And I think Net does a really good job of just portraying what it means to be childlike and just like having that simple joy and just simple like, I don't know, just love for the Lord and that it's just so beautiful. Like you can't even like, yeah, can't even explain it. There's no words for it. And so it's good because yeah, whether it's through skits or whatever else, like it's so much fun to just kind of like break the shell and kind of be like, hey, this is super fun. And then also they realize like, hey, this Net thing's kind of cool. And, you know, they kind of want to like check it out and like maybe they'll end up serving and like net. It's not only an opportunity to like evangelize, but you also get evangelized, too. And you grow so much as a person like it's the hardest year of your life. Let me tell you. But it's like it's the greatest year of your life. Like it forms you like nothing else. Yeah, it's awesome. What is um, obviously I think in these kind of evangelization teams or whatever, um, and, you know, you do a lot of stuff, like you said, skits and everything and all this evangelization. But when it like comes down to it, what's something that you really learned about yourself doing that, that you maybe thought that you didn't know before or mm-hmm. you went to a spot that you haven't been to yet, but you she learned. Knew Las Vegas was a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been there. Not, so. not to <clears throat> well, I've been check there. your tires on your, uh, your trailer. Right? As well. <laughs> Anyways, please. Um, yeah, honestly, so... So since I'm a musician, um, I ended up going a little bit early. Other, um, like aside from just regular net training, I went 10 days earlier than most of the missionaries did to have like this musician's training. Um, and one thing that they did is they took away our guitars. Cause we like, so I, like on retreats and stuff, like we'll play guitar. Cause I also know how to play piano and different things, but guitar is the main thing. So anyways, we have our guitars, we bring them there and we have no idea, but they take our guitars from us. 
And then basically what they do, like why they did that, because some of us are so attached to them. Like we play them every day. It's who we are. That's where we find our identity as a musician. Right. And so like in that musician's training, they really break us down to recognize like, what is your identity? Um, and so I think that's one of the biggest things I learned, um, that year is just like, what is my identity? Um, it doesn't come from being a musician. It doesn't come from, you know, being a missionary. It doesn't come from how well I give a talk. Um, it comes from just like being a daughter, being a vessel and that's all it is. And so I think that's one of the biggest things I learned. Um, it's just like who I am as a person and what I have to offer. Um, and also another big thing is just like how to work as a team. Um, and have community because from moving so often in my life, like it was really easy for me to not have community. And so it was really awesome to have like a family and to like what it means to like have a sisterhood, have a brotherhood mm. um, and work like that. Yeah. Mm. So like net goes up to age like 20, 28, 28. You yes. can be a net of, okay. Wow. That's, yeah. um, so what do you think, let's say the church at large mm-hmm. who's trying to evangelize, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat good, somewhat not, not so good, but they're trying, you know, mm-hmm. what, what principles do you think the church at large families, parishes, priests, whatever can learn from like, you know, the success of net in different ways? Like, how can you take those principles and like kind of bring a- them in, apply into, them to yeah, the, the evangelization church. that the church is trying to do it as a whole. I mean, obviously this is within the church's evangelization, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Um, are there specific things that are like, yeah, net does this really well. And we need to like, do that all over the church. Mirror yeah, that, yeah, definitely. The first thing that comes to mind is honestly just the testimony part of it. Um, because I think as Catholics, it can be really easy for us to be like, oh, we're the one true faith. So therefore we know everything, right? And like kind of yeah. have like this little prideful sense. Arrogant, like, right, yeah. You know, like <laughs> this arrogance, right? And so like, like just check the catechism. Just right, the exactly, catechism. exactly. And so it, it can be really easy because like I've had plenty of like Baptist friends, you know, Pentecostal, like all these different things. And like all they want to do is just debate. Um, but I'm like, especially like from serving on net, but I think I've always been this way of just like, yeah, just testimony based because I think that's one thing. Cause I mean, that's literally what net is about is about testimony and like just sharing your story. Um, and just a really beautiful way. So I think that's definitely one thing that I can think of, but also being super lighthearted and just like yourself because like on net, spending nine months together, like you're gonna see the true colors of your teammates. Mm. Let me tell you, you know? And so like, you're going to show like, yeah, who you really are. And I think that's what I think everyone needs like as a Catholic or just even Christian, like, you know, um, just really living out like who you are, not trying to be anybody, just being yourself um, and just living out your story. And a lot of times, like I was recognizing that, um, that like the biggest impact you can make is just being a witness. And that does not always mean like speaking words. Um, Cause that was another big thing. Like when I was 12 years old, like I've always loved the faith. When I was 12 years old, like the Lord, not necessarily in like a vision, but in prayer, like he really told me, he's like, you're going to do something big one day. Um, and I've always wanted to be like a motivational speaker or do something in ministry. Right. And I was like, and now you're on the Kellen Alex. Yeah, yeah, right? like, shout out. Thank no, you, I'm Jesus. Kidding, thank you, Jesus. But I, but shout like, out to, I, Matt. <laughs> shout out to uh, Father Vince, who's probably going to come on soon. Ooh, heck yeah. Heck oh, yeah. Is. Father Vince is amazing. Eventually, sorry, I derailed yeah. that. No, De- we so both good. derailed. <laughs> and eventually Father Dave. Okay. Continue. You're so good. But yeah. So basically what I'm getting at is just like, there's such a beauty and like, just no words, you know, and just being yourself. Cause like, yeah, back when I was 12 and like the Lord was super clear about like, you're going to do something big one day I always thought it was going to be like I don't know I'm going to be standing in a huge crowd and like being a motivational speaker and I'm going to say those perfect words that's going to like change the group but then I was realizing like especially that one small group that um you know that one girl in particular just like completely transformed like she's a whole different person you know and that was me not trying to be the biggest, the best person and trying to make a big impact. It was me doing those little simple things like saying, you know, Mother Teresa talks about all the time, like it's in the little things do, you know, uh, the small things with the greatest amount of love. Right. And so I think that's another big thing is like not trying to evangelize, to be seen, not try to do all the right things, you know, to be seen or to like earn the love from the Lord. Cause that's something I'm working on too, is like recognizing that like, I don't have to be a missionary. I don't have to, you know, be a motivational speaker or do all these things to like be seen as good and like worthy in the Lord's eyes. You just have to evangelize be, by being a witness and living your life, you know, mm. um, the best you can. I, I and feel like, like, what a good yeah. day for that too, because St. Francis. Exactly, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. St. Francis Didn't, is all about wasn't it. wasn't all about the, you know, writing tons of yeah. huge theological yeah. treatises or any, anything, just like 
lived poverty, lived chastity. Lived poverty, yeah. took off yeah. his clothes in the middle of the plaza Let's with a bishop. Let's not do that, but... but um. <laughs> <laughs> Rosary circle, you just... <laughs> St. Francis, baby! Let's go! No. <laughs> No, but we, yeah, we got to reclaim that, that witness mentality. We you know? Well, I, yeah. something that I was thinking too was, I think a big thing in the church, and this is something that I've heard from other people, mm-hmm. um, just in general, is like the Catholic church is really strict. Okay. We can say, we can say yes to that. We can we agree that it is strict, but the reason why I think people see that it's strict is because they don't see the beauty behind the strictness. You know what I mean? There are a lot of quote unquote rules that we have, but if you see the beauty behind these things, then it should lead people to it. You know what I mean? It should not throw people away. And I know that nobody's perfect and everything, but I think just in general, like you were saying in society, being a witness is like such an amazing thing. Not even talking, not even saying anything yeah. because people recognize your way of life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People can see holiness what is you're doing. Yeah. It really is. If you're just being your holy self um, and you're just like doing your daily routine or whatever and people notice that, that's such a big uh, thing because people <laughs> people know that you don't have to say anything. They just, You just show it. And it's not not in an arrogant way, not in a prideful way. But you're just trying to be your holy self. Yeah. Pun unintended. Um, <laughs> What's funny is like we really had to be careful of that on net because holiness is attractive. And so that was one thing that like they really would like push on net because you're with the same 12 people all year long. And so holiness is attractive. And these are the only people you're seeing. So it's attractions on the team. That's a funny time. Um, but like going back. Oh, to, these are mi- mixed groups. Yes. Because yeah. So it's, it. it's um, so my team in particular, we kind of had a lot of transitions due to like some health things and whatever. But um, for the most part, we were six guys and six girls. Um, and so it's co-ed because like when you're leading co-ed retreats, like for small groups, like if you're going to have a group of guys, like you're going to want a guy to lead that, you know. Um, but yeah, so it's co-ed. So attractions were definitely like, we have a bunch of talks on that during that training because like it's, it's real, you know, like these are the only people you're seeing and you're only seeing their holy side. I mean, for the most part, you know, you obviously see like their other colorful moments, but, um, but yeah, that's also time. But going back to what you're saying about like the rules and commandments, like that was one of my favorite things to talk about in small group, because especially like these, these youth, especially in like, um, LA and whatever. Yeah. All you see the faith as is again, check boxes and like lots of rules. And so we actually had a, um, a drama on this about like the 10 commandments and stuff. And like when we'd meet in small group afterwards, like one of the things that I talked to them about is like, imagine, I don't know, um, like you making a cake for your mom and you spent all of this time for her and like, you're super excited or whatever else. And you feel really good about it. Um, and you surprise her, but she comes in and she just like completely dismisses it. Or like you, she tells you to do the chores and like, I don't know. So it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but basically like with the commandments, like, yes, there's this, like, it feels restricting and everything else, but with our free will, there's so much about it and we could get so easily lost. And it's so easy for us to choose things that are like actually restrict our freedom. Um, which is crazy to think that like in our free will, we can like bring ourselves to a place where we're not free. Um, and so what's beautiful is about those like commandments and whatever, like that literally opens up freedom for us um and that they're not like a set of rules but they're like a set of guidelines like it helps us because like we're not perfect we have no idea what we're doing like I'm 20 and like there's like freshmen who come to me and they're like oh you have every idea of like what you're doing in college I'm like no I don't like I really have, I'm just like I have no idea what I'm doing with my life you know and so it's like it's it's the same thing like the Lord knows that we're imperfect that we do not know what we're doing you know like we don't have everything figured out and that's a beautiful thing like we're not supposed to have everything figured out um and so the beautiful thing about yeah having like these quote unquote like rules which I would say is more of like guidelines it's just there to guide us you know and it brings us to freedom um and so that's kind of one of the things that I try to like share with these youth it's just that there's such a beauty about these different things that the church teaches. Like there's a beauty about going to mass and like, there's a beauty about like following through. Like one of these things, like I'm Franciscan, we have like the households or whatever. And one of the reasons I've always been so shy or like hesitant to join was because of all the commitments. And like, I feel like, Oh, I'm so free spirited or whatever else. Like I always like to do my own thing and not like to commit to anything. But 
Then I'm realizing that like, it's so easy for me to just get derailed and like not actually have that time for prayer or like whatever else. So it helps having those things to kick me in the butt um, so that it helps my life be more free, which like sounds contradicting, but it's really not. It's kind of weird. God's God's like way above our ways. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And uh, uh, shout out to households. We're not in, uh, Kellen and I are not in household either. Uh, <laughs> probably should be in a lot of ways, but um, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting with net. Um, yeah, having all these youth, I'm, I'm interested, like having it be co-ed. I mean, there's gotta be a ton of, and especially in difficult circumstances and all that type of stuff. And you're with each other for an entire year. I'm sure there's a lot of difficulties there. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I guess it helps with the witnesses like, yeah, guys to help the guys on the retreats and girls to help the girls on the retreats. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, do you guys do that where you like break them off? sometimes yeah so basically how retreats work is so we have um our rcp like the retreat contact person right and so um they're the ones who kind of pick the theme um so whether it's like for a confirmation group like they'll have a confirmation theme or whatever else and so they get to choose if they won't think that that would be beneficial so like it really just depends on like what um like the dre or whoever thinks is like the best and so my team in particular, we had some retreats like that, but it didn't happen as often as like I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we definitely had times like that. But then also, um, like one, like I said, one of the most important things or like one of the bigger things I think that really forms um, the youth on retreat is like the small groups. And so that's when we like break off and we have like, yeah, a girl leading like a group of girls and then a guy leading a group of guys. And so that really just like you could kind of just, cause obviously we think different, you know? And so it's kind of just like stepping back, talking about like what happened in the retreat and like just kind of reflecting on it and just talking about it as, yeah, as women, as sisters or as guys and brothers, you know? Um, All right. So, so I have a question. Yeah. What's up? How do you, okay. For everyone who else, who has to make, you know, retreats who are not net, who are, that's yeah. their specialty. How do you make retreats not cringy and really not fun? <laughs> yeah. how do you avoid that because i think for a lot of people with their their local parish it's like this is terrible i'm 14 years old i have all these like middle-aged you know moms who are like yeah. leading this retreat and it's really cringe and all that stuff so how do you what are the practical things to avoid it being very cringy and not fun <laughs> yeah let me think so like one of the things that actually so we have a net facebook page of all the alumni we make lots of jokes now that we're not on you know um on net and so one of the big jokes is like on our skits because our skits are so much fun, but I think the net missionaries have a little bit more fun than the youth do, like watching them. Because some of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so I did sin, and we did we did some skits as well, okay. and I totally agree with that sentiment. Yeah, yeah. we so enjoyed like, them. They were oh like, my "What gosh, are they doing on yes, stage?" Exactly. There's like a hundred inside jokes, and they're yeah, not getting oh, it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so like for us, like we, so my team in particular, I had I think three teammates who actually majored in theater so like we actually had like a really decent like group on this but it also was still like we enjoyed it way more way more than like the youth probably did um but yeah so like in regards to like just practical tips like again it's just down to the basics like be yourself you know like be genuine I think the biggest thing is like okay the what net is really good at is like yeah having youth evangelizing to youth i think that's really important because like you can meet them at their level and that's the other thing i would say is just like read your crowd um like really read like the group that you're with and just kind of meet them where they're at like that's always going to look different for every group um especially so for example like being in la that's going to look a lot different for like that culture than it is that like say in i don't know the east coast um and so Yeah, just practical things like obviously have deep, serious stuff, Um, you know, get to the deep like truth that you're trying to convey to them, but also have very lighthearted like games or, you know, I think dramas is like a good balance because for us dramas where, you know, they get a message across, but it's something lighthearted and it's not like um, like a talk being thrown at you or something like that. Like it's just like it's like a beautiful skit that just portrays like a beautiful message, but it's like. It's really touching. Like the ones that we did, I honestly loved. Like just going on a net retreat myself and witnessing that was one of the like more impactful things for me. Um, so yeah, like obviously have fun, do games that like are engaging, but nothing too like, yeah, cringe. Like I don't know any like necessarily like cringe games in particular, but if you just seem like you're trying to force what you're doing, something's wrong. Um, like, All right, do you have any favorite games? Favorite oh, retreat games. games? Oh, dang. I'm trying to remember. Um... Cause yeah, it was two years ago and I'm part Dory. Um, <laughs> let's see. I think one of my favorite games was, I think it's called Jenny's game. 
question mark. Um, if there's any netters who listen to this, um, please Ooh, don't I laugh at me. I might know this one. Yeah. Wait, wait, describe it. I'm trying to remember if this is the one. So like, is it like anyone with a, this type of clothing sit down or? Okay, so go we to the had center. one like what, that. I don't know what that one is. Yeah, but. so we had one like that, but this one in particular. So, um, okay, just kidding. This one I think was called something completely different. But one of the games that I really liked that really broke everyone's shell that was like super embarrassing sometimes, but is so fun, is like we'd. It was kind of like hot potato. Where like you would pass something around, um, and then whoever got it would have to do like this action every single time they got that object. And so like for example, that could look like doing a dance in the middle of the circle, or that could be like trying to give a certain team member a high five, or like doing the moonwalk or something like super random. So every single time they got this object, they would have to do that. <laughs> and so like that was one of the games. Um, there's so many other ones that were super fun, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. But yeah, there was like, we did a lot of fun things. Um, yeah, I don't know. Should make like a list, like good like, retreat games, you know? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like I'd have to think thing. about like it. You, yeah. you know it if you're in net or whatever, you know it. Uh, yeah. But definitely. yeah, for a lot of, because I'm thinking of like, you, you know, your parish priest at a small like country parish, you try yeah. to do confirmation retreats or whatever. And it's like, I have no idea how to run these things, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because net is like, yeah, you can invite them in and they can right. do it, which yeah. is, which is really cool. Definitely but, um, <laughs> but yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to have that one retreat that just makes everyone like, this is the worst thing ever. And, uh, you know, especially before like confirmation or something serious. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's why small groups is like super important because like you're able to kind of like read who you're with a little bit better Um, because you could kind of gauge like, all right, where are they at spiritually and all these different things, you know? And so like, I think that's really important. Um, starting off a retreat, it's really important to have like really like, yeah, like hearty games or just like an icebreaker or something like that. Um, like one game we would have was like, um, like we try not to do elimination games in the beginning of a retreat either, because like, I don't know, you don't want to, like you're out, goodbye, (laughs) bye, you know, we don't care, you know, um, but yeah, there's different games like that. So just doing lighthearted fun things in the beginning. Um, sometimes like they would have us start off with like a song or something like that. Um, but then like, don't be afraid. Yeah. To be yourself. Like if it feels cringe, if it feels off, then it is, you know, but like, <laughs> but also like you're supposed to be comfortable with uncomfortableness. Like that's something really important for life. And so like, it's okay if you feel uncomfortable doing something, um, as long as it's not like a, you don't have peace with it. Cause that's different. But, um, but yeah, doing things that like you wouldn't expect, um, whether that means like just sitting next, like if it's a net team, like there's a bunch of us like sitting next to somebody who's like sitting alone or whatever else, like just kind of like being in tune is like really important, but also like, and this is going to sound super cliche, but being like completely open to the Holy spirit. Cause like whether it's a net team or whether it's just one person leading a retreat, like making sure you pray, um, beforehand and just being like, all right, Lord, like this is all yours because honestly, we could try our hardest to do our absolute best on our own. And it's just not going to be enough. But um, as soon as we're just like, yeah, we use the the cringe, we use the emptiness, we use like our inability to do different things and just be like, all right, Lord, here you go. And that's when the best things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's just the most important thing because you could try all you want to have like the least cringe retreat, but you're never going to have that perfect retreat until you just like allow yourself to be docile and just let the Lord work because he's in control. How, how many, sorry, Alex, how many like retreats though do you have in a nine, nine month period? You said nine months, right? Yes. So how long does a retreat last and how many do you usually have? Yeah. So I was telling Alice before is that, um, so it really kind of depends on like the retreat contact person. So like the DRE or whoever's in charge or whoever like, um, asked to have net come to the parish or school. Um, it kind of depends on like what they like ask for so for example like i've had a weekend retreat where it lasted three days or i've had gone like i've gone to a school and we would just do like class periods so we would have 90 minute retreats that was insane and i was so um everybody on the team has like different roles and so i had a bunch of roles but one of mine was like the stats person and so i always had to take account of like every single thing we did and every single thing they've done before so we don't repeat it right Doing like ninety minute retreats and taking account of that was the hardest thing. Um, yeah, but like so, it really can range from like ninety minutes, which is very rare, or to like a weekend. So it really just depends. But like for me, I think my team had like hundred and thirty or so oh. retreats. Um, yeah, and so like because we're traveling every one to three days. Um, 
And so in every like new location, <clears throat> we're doing a new retreat. Um, so yeah, it's mm. kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, like stepping back for a second with net ministries and, and something you said earlier about like having this idea that you're going to do something big. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, that can, that can play out over many years with a lot of small things, you know, yeah. and, and it kind of accumulates, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of plugged in with the the philosophy guys here and the theology guys. And a lot of them have pretty big aspirations about how they're going to give their contribution and stuff. But, uh, you know, having like the impact you can have on youth can be something that they just keep, you know, yeah. for their entire lives. You know, my, my, uh, government professor had a, a saying that if you're, if you're dumb by the time you're 21, you'll be dumb your entire life. <laughs> yeah. And there's some truth to that. It's like, <clears throat> by the time that. you're 21, you've already had so many things like your ideas about life and ideas and whatever. It's a way more set than when you're like just growing up, you're 13, you're 14, you're very impressionable. Kelly, you're screwed. I'm and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. we're both there. Already, so. I'm kidding, we're going to be dumb our entire lives. Uh, <laughs> um, but, and, and take secularism and, and yeah. all the, you know, the, the sexual revolution stuff and everything mm-hmm. like they are, they have their sights set on the youth yeah. and education, public education, all this gender theory stuff that's coming out now and, and, and all sorts of crazy stuff. They've for generations now focused on the youth as mm-hmm. their targets to, you know, form them in certain ways. The colleges play a big role in that. We've talked a lot about universities, especially, especially University of California, dip, their different universities. But um, I think with revitalizing Catholic culture, I mean, we can't just be like, we're going to take it from the top. Like we're just going to convert all the already adults yeah. deep seated in money and, and deep seated in, you know, their own sexual revolution ways of doing things and whatever, that's a much harder thing. And I'm not saying we don't need people doing that. Yeah, definitely. We need people attacking the ideas at the deep PhD level and fighting at the culture mm-hmm. at the top. But also we don't, you don't need to see it as being like lesser work to be like, well, I'm only dealing with middle schoolers. It's like, no, that's immensely important because those yeah. people are going to be the people who are 21 and either going to, they're going to have their head screwed the wrong way or the right way. And you could have played a role in that in the youth. So it's not just, you know, oh, well, you deal with kids, right? So that's that's not very interesting or whatever. Yeah. And right? one thing on that too is like I'm I'm kind of obsessed with simplicity. I love simplicity. And so like, I don't know. So like growing up as a kid, um, like I have very strict parents, right? I have military parents. And so um it can be really easy for like, I don't know. So I ended up I I'm not super rebellious, but I think like for just looking at just childhood and just growing up in different periods and stuff like those who are more strict, those who are like really trying to like, yeah, either convert you or to like really try and form who you are. Um, you're trying too hard. You're just, you're just trying too hard. And I think that's why like net is such a good thing too, because we're like, okay, some of us do try too hard. We're human. Right. But like, it's literally just so simple. You just, like you're just supposed to be a witness and so like we can try all we want to like yeah get into these youth and like try and like you know tell them all these different things and try our hardest to like make sure they're the perfect person by the time they're 21 so they're not screwed you know but like realistically again I like I just think it really needs to be emphasized just how important it is to just simply be a witness and like and like yeah St. Francis like it's so important to just live your life as a witness and like yeah if that means words be docile to the Holy Spirit maybe he wants to use you that way but like just living your life as the best version of yourself, the best that you can. Um, that does not look like perfect, you know, perfection, but, um, just being that witness because then that really, um, like you said, like you're, you're captivated, you have like, that's attracting and like, and so attractive. And so like, um, yeah, it's so cool. Like, and that, that also forms people who are older too. Like people are like, it's not just children who are attracted to that. Um, if anything, I would say I'm more attracted to the like childlike way of like a child like in mass today I saw these cute little kids like holding up their arms and praising the Lord and I was like what the heck I want to be like this kid you know yeah that's and right so, they were right in front of us and they, he didn't say a word to me <clears throat> he was just being himself like this little kid he was like probably seven years old was just being himself you know and that like made a world of a difference for me you know hmm. um so yeah I think that just like is one thing that just like I just want to emphasize to so just like be a witness be yourself and like yeah you could do all you want to try and like you know, tell everybody what to do or like, um, try and give them as much truth as you can. But sometimes that truth is just conveyed the best by living that out yourself, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, arguably one of the most important 
programs we have here at Franciscan is like the theology and catechetics, mm-hmm. which is mostly women, I think. I think it's like 70% or something Probably. theology catechetics. <laughs> but I mean, those are the people who are going to be, you know, directors of religious education. Yeah. Actually, at my parish back home. Yeah, uh, she's a Franciscan grad. I think she's in her 30s now, but did theology, did catechetics, and is now, you know, forming youth, like director of religious education. It's a really, really important thing. And that's a task for the laity, Mm -hmm. right? That really needs to be taken seriously. It isn't just put on the priest to educate. And I mean, the primary educators obviously are the parents, Mm -hmm. right? So the parents need to be formed in such a way they can raise them in the faith. But uh, yeah, what, you know, the the theology and the catechetics for, for, you know, um, here, it's immensely important. The youth, we, we got to retake that because yeah. the secular culture is so heavy handed on trying to, trying to take them expand it. Yeah. Um, and witness can just break through all of that. Mm-hmm. All those lies that the secular culture says about your, your freedom, you can do whatever you want and, and there's no rules. There's no morality either, you yeah. know, pursue your own individual fulfillment stuff. And then you have young people or, you know, somebody who graduated from Franciscan as a director of religious education being like, no, I, I live my life completely different from that. And it's awesome because living out true holiness, living out like being a true witness looks so unique for so many different people. Like it looks unique for every individual person. And so like in society, we're getting the same things thrown at us, you know, like all of this, all of these lies and everything else. And so everyone, we're all just consumed by like all what the society is saying and everyone's dying for just something different. Everyone wants to be different. And so like, you're never going to find that in looking to the society because the society is literally trying to form us to be one single person that's like obsessed with just like all these different things, right? But that's why it's so captivating. That's why it's so attractive when somebody is living out that holy life because it's so unique and it's so different. And so you're going to be more attracted to that. You're going to be, that's going to catch your eye more because it's so different. Hmm. You know, you're not living out, like not only are you living a life that's separate from society, but even if you were to look at a bunch of holy people, everyone's so uniquely different. Um, like holiness looks so different for every single person. And so that's also like really important. Like if you are living your life really holy, like that's another thing that's really good too, just to recognize that like, don't compare. Like one thing we'd say on that all the time is comparison leads to disparaging. Uh, and like, or comparing leads to despairing or whatever you want to, you know? And mm-hmm. so like, and it's so true. Because like right. everyone's so when so people unique. compare their podcast to the Kellen and Alex show, like they just despair. They, they despair. Exactly. They, exactly. Have <laughs> they, 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 they just they though. quit. They, they quit. They yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just like really important. Just like yeah, it's it's not meant. It to takes be your compare. own personal like yeah. And and sin is so predictable, right? Oh, and, yeah. and boring once it <laughs> once it gets real down to it. It's this just true. um. I mean, it's tending towards nothing, right? Evil is the absence of good. Of good it's, yeah. it's nothing. So yeah, it's like it. A Mother Teresa and a John Paul II and a St. Francis. Yes, and like, yeah. it's like a, you know, a kaleidoscope, way different, you know, all these different uh, colors and images and all the way they, they live their life. And yet dime a dozen rich person who's evil or, you know, politician who's done evil things like you could just trace. Well, they're like that, like that, like that, you know, mm-hmm. um, all these people are way similar to each other. And saintly, you know, holiness takes way different. Right? Yeah. And that's the one thing that they have in common. All the saints, it's just holiness, you know, and like, and have like the Lord's love and everything else. Like, I mean, I can't remember the kid's name, but they just came out with like that one kid that they um, revealed his body and um, that I can't remember what his name was, but like, um, yeah. And he's literally like, yeah, we're hoping he'll be a saint, right? But Jamie, he's- pull that up. We don't have a Jamie today. Oh, Do you know? I know what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. I can't remember he's the an Italian. Name. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And he has like, he's literally like, buried with just like a t-shirt i mean like hoodie and like jeans and nike shoes he has nike shoes and i was like (laughs) and that just shows you like it literally shows you that like we all are called to be saints like i was just having brunch with somebody earlier and they're just talking about like (laughs) like it's so easy to just look at all the saints and like oh they were all like priests or they were all nuns or like whatever else like no, they weren't. Like, there's just so many ordinary like, people. We're just ordinary people. Like, you don't have to be a priest. You don't have to be a nun to live live this perfect life. You know, like, it holiness looks so different for each and every person. Like, it's it's so cool how the Lord has such a unique love for each one of us, and so like that's why like it's so good for us to like be open to that because it's almost like we rob the Lord of like giving out that love if we don't receive it because it's so uniquely designed just for us. You know. I think it goes back to what you're talking about rules. Like it's not about the rules. It's, it's about not. the freedom living within a Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, within the fa- Catholic mm-hmm. faith. Cause it's well, so different. Yeah. Another thing we talked about too, when we were on the, 
uh, I think the dating podcast was, we talked about how right now, like, or whenever, I mean, the Catholic church, like when it, how do you say this? Like it, it becomes like to your current situation, the Catholic values like start to flow in. You know what I mean? Mm. Like every person has a different scenario. So when we talked about like the strictness, it's not the same for everybody because everybody's in a different place. So the Catholic values become applied to that person at that time. You know what I mean? Like some people could be, some people are single, some people are uh, dating, some people are married. Like the Catholic worldview and the, and the morality and the, just all the virtues that come from it come to that person in that current state. You know what I mean? It's not the same for everybody. So, um, I mean, I think obviously net is like a huge opportunity for somebody. And I think that is really cool that we're able to have, especially youth, like you bring young people out and other people just see the youth being so, you know, charismatic and just, and humble and showing themselves to other people. Like that is such a valuable skill to have, Mm -hmm. even though you're not really even doing that much. You know what I mean? Like the whole Catholic worldview becomes applied to like, especially to people that have these, like the drive and the motivation to do things like net where you're literally, you're not in school. You're taking nine months off of your life, which is a long time, three quarters of a year. I mean, that's a long time. And uh, like, it's just cool that we have young people that want to do that. And um, I think it's just, it's a good thing. Like we shouldn't look we shouldn't look at as the Catholic church at the Catholic church as some, something that's really strict. You know what I mean? Like we can say that there are okay rules in it, but where, like if we can just see the beauty behind it, it's like all that kind of starts to like fade away. And all we see is the beauty. You know what I mean? And the freedom. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so if I had to put it to you of how do we, uh, how do we proceed in the church to, start to work on this big issue called Western civilization, going to atheism, losing its Christianity. I mean, it's been doing it for a while. Uh, (laughs) The Western sphere becoming atheist, you mean? Yeah, Western civilization. United States, Europe. uh, We're we're moving past our Christianity. Um, Yeah, with with your experience in that evangelization, how do we move forward new evangelization to, you know, our our world today? uh, Like, what do we do practically? Yeah. The million dollar question. <laughs> um, yeah. If I'm understanding your question correctly, like the best way to evangelize or whatever else, like, I mean, practical things have a prayer life, um, like set that time, um, like actually, because if you're not open to receiving, you're not going to have anything to give. Um, you have to be given to first before you can give um so I think that's really important because like it's so simple like literally just having a relationship with the Lord letting him form us to be the best version of ourselves is literally what's going to form the world um because we try and make it so complicated and I as one like definitely knew that I'm a perfectionist I overcomplicate things all the time and so it's so easy for me to think that like yeah I have to do all these different things to like form the world. Like I said, like I want to make a big impact and it's just one step at a time, like living in the present moment because the present is a gift. Hmm. Um, that's why it's called the present. simplicity, right? Simplicity. It's so simple. It's so simple. We just need to be like, we're literally created as vessels. We're not created to do. We're created to receive. That's all we're created for is to receive. Um, and, and doing that. So it's like, I just love like the roles that like Mary and the Lord like play because we're created just as a simple vessel. That's it. But there's so much beauty in that. And so our weakness from like, you know, the fall or everything else is what creates that void in us, right? That emptiness where the Lord should be filling. And the beauty about the Lord is he, his grace and his love is abundant. Right. And so like from that abundant grace, like letting mom kind of embrace that vessel that we are letting her bring us um, closer to like the sun where like his love just pours abundantly and not, trying to take control of where that vessel is being poured. That is so important because we do not know best, plain and simple. Like we do not know where, like who needs what the most. Like we might like see somebody right in front of us, like a homeless person that like, maybe we think giving the money is the best thing, but realistically, maybe they're going to take that and like get drugs, you know? So it's like, we don't know what people need the most, but mom does and the Lord does. And so like just letting mom embrace our little vessels, bring them to the Lord, and letting her be the one to kind of pour that out is so important. Um, and so, and it's simply that. 
Like the only role that we play is just being and receiving. That's it. Like we are created to be. That's why we are beings, human beings, you know? And so that's like the most important thing. It's so simple. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy thought too. Yeah. What's it like um, evangelizing to an atheist? Evangelizing to an atheist. Um, yeah. So <laughs> again, it's really just meeting them where they're at. Um, so like one of the hardest small groups I've had was there's 14 different girls, which is not a small group. That's huge. And out of all 14 of them, I think two of them were actually Catholic. The rest of them, there is, I had a few LGBT. Um, I had a few atheists, a few like, yeah. So a lot of different things. So that was really tough because I felt completely hated and like not seen. Um, but the thing was, is like, we all are created with truth inside of us. Like we all know what truth is. And so if we're an atheist or if we're like something else other than like where the truth lies, there's something that's blocking that. Um, and so the best thing to do is just to kind of like meet them where they're at and try and figure out like, what is it that's blocking them for, from like accepting that truth? Um, so I think when it comes to like, yeah, evangelizing to an atheist, I think the most important thing is just like, trying to read their heart and like allow them to just like open up and share with you like what is it that's like yeah keeping them from accepting that truth I don't know if that makes any sense but just like yeah just meeting them where they're at and like sometimes you'll never understand so sometimes like because the God that God is love so being a witness of love and just loving on them you know killing them with kindness like that's the best thing you can do so sometimes that looks like being in a very gentle way of just listening to them because like, again, like that holiness is attractive. And so like, um, you know, I've had different people that I've been super attracted to and like wanting to know simply because like, I just saw that glow about them, you know? And so it's like, you don't have to say anything. Like they're, they're going to want to know more by that glow, by that like goodness that you have, by that love that you express. And so like, yeah, in regards to like evangelizing anyone, regardless of atheist or whatever else, like it's tough. But don't be afraid because like that's what the devil wants you to be. He wants you to be afraid and think that like you're incapable, but you're so capable because you're literally created as a vessel and you're not the one who's doing the work. That's it. So why did you decide on uh, Franciscan after net? So that's really funny. Um, So if you asked me two, like three, three years ago, if I was to be here, I'd laugh at your face. Um, <laughs> actually. Um, so there's a family that I've become very close to who's actually visiting, which is beautiful. Um, but they, um, they went to Franciscan and I worked for them for a little bit and, um, I go to like, you know, studio retreats and everything else. Right. And, um, I always loved the idea of Franciscan, but being a missionary on a missionary budget and, um, paying for college myself, it was like, this is impossible. There's no way I'm going to end up at Franciscan. Like we all know how expensive Franciscan is, right? But by like, the way, missionary budget is my new word for broke. missionary budget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I, can't, I can't afford that beer. Uh, I'm on a missionary, I'm a missionary budget. budget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hey, you know, that's good. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. <laughs> so like literally being on a missionary budget, because so on France or um, on net, you fundraise um, to be able to be there. And so there's a fundraising process and then you get paid a stipend of like, around like 150, $170 per month, but that's it for an entire for an month. Entire month that's and that covers nothing. like, your, oh my exactly. God. So for example, if you want to get Watch a pay-per-view <laughs> and you're done. UFC. And so like, yeah, if you want to buy a souvenir, if you want to like get cosmetics, like that's all you have, like it's that's a very ridiculous. simplistic life to live. And so to say the least, like I had no money. All right, let's just like be clear. <laughs> But the Lord during my net year was so clear. He says, Jocelyn, you need to trust me and I will provide. And so even when it came to net, like I found out about net, signed up for net and got accepted within a month. And, um, and I just, I just did it. So that's kind of my personality. Like, I feel like as like, I don't know how to explain this, but like to trust in the Lord, he will follow through. Like, but you have to t- trust him like actually a hundred percent. Like, it's not just like 99.9. Like I fully trust that if you were to stand on top of a building and to jump off and trust a hundred percent that he was going to catch you, that he would simply because I feel like if you start doubting, for example, like if I were to jump off the building and this would be me because this is how I work, I would start thinking, Oh, what if the Lord doesn't want to catch me? What if this is his will for me to drop and like die right now? What if like he wants me to learn like all these what ifs and doubting, then that's when he's not going to come in because I'm doubting. But I fully believe and I, and this is something I want to work towards, but I fully believe that once you have that 
110% trust in the Lord, he follows through. And let me tell you, like even this past summer, like I've had some mind blowing moments where I was just like, I hit rock bottom and all I had to do was trust. Um, that, that was all I had left. Like everything was taking out of my control, like everything, like big, big things. And so like the moment I was like, you know what, this is your problem, Lord. Like I, I give this to you. I completely surrender every single bit of my trust, um, and name those things. That's when he followed through, you know? And so like, that was the same thing with Franciscan because I was like, there's no way a missionary with no money like me could come to Franciscan. But then I trusted and like, it was crazy because whether it was through like ACT scores or like different scholarships or whether it was through like a different trials in my life that ended up being beautiful and like providing ended up helping to um, bring me here. And so I've paid off my first year, paid off this semester. We're still here. God provides. So we'll just keep going, you know, we'll <laughs> see what awesome. God That's takes me. Cool. Yeah. Just keep the train rolling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And it's just one step at a time. Trust in this step and yes. then maybe the next step, you'll, yes. you know, come back. And yeah. it's not like, and what you were saying about control mm-hmm. earlier, I think is huge. I mean, I, that's probably the number one thing I, I struggle with is thinking, I know how it's supposed to look, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like it's supposed to look like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and even in a good you way, there, like yeah. you can even be like, you know, with the way your parents have formed you and you know, like you have this idea of like how you're supposed to live your life, you know, Mm -hmm. and trying to have control over that and being like, all right, Lord, like I'm going to do these things or I'm going to go to church every Sunday or every day, you know, and like try to have control over that and not being super in tune or like docile to like, Hey, maybe like I'm not supposed to go to mass, but I'm meant to like, just be like a listening ear to somebody that's like going to heal me, but also going to like help them, you know? And so like, because we always think that we have to do all these perfect things, at least I do, because I'm a perfectionist, you know? And so like, yeah, having that, like letting go of complete control. And let me tell you, like actually naming the things is so important. Like Mm -hmm. naming that in prayer and just being like, Lord, I give you like, I let go of this. I give you control. And like naming that thing is so important. And like using his name because there's so much power in it. And so like, that's really important, but also like, I was noticing like, so this past summer, there's just some crazy, crazy things that went down. And so like, I just like when everything was taken out of my control, like whether it was like relationship with my parents, relationship with different friends back home or my health, like different things like that. And the moment I was like, all right, Lord, I surrender. Like I cannot do this anymore and gave him full trust, gave him all control. That's when like this random doctor came into the picture and she ended up being the one that like really improved my relationship with my parents. And I was like, what the heck? Like a doctor would be what like really improved my relationship with them. But like my relationship with like so many other people and like really healed my relationship even with myself, you know? And so like just realizing different things about, you know, different things. It's just crazy. Cause yeah, as soon as you let go of control, it's so scary for like a split second, but that's it. Like that's literally it. You just have to like, and that second is like, it might be the scariest of your life, but it's the most rewarding second of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more exciting. It's so exciting. Let me <laughs> tell you, it's so exciting. <laughs> you would think, yeah, I'm letting control. Like this is bad. I'm being irresponsible or something. But like, as long as you're, you know, within, within reason, but you're, you're trusting in the Lord and you're, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's exciting. It's a roller yeah, coaster. It's like, well, what do you have to it's, lose? It's life. If you, you have know? faith of a... Mustard seed. Mustard seed, you can move mountains. Yeah. You can move mountains. You Seriously, move which is pretty mountains. intense. Think about that. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, when Peter doubted, you know, Jesus was on the Sea of Galilee, which we've been to, by the way. Uh, and cool. he said, Peter, come here. And Peter gets out of the like, boat, no. <laughs> starts walking a little bit, and then just doubts and just drowns. Yeah. And Jesus comes in and takes his hand and pulls him back up. I mean, no. every person, like nobody's perfect with trust. Like we're all going to have trust issues. But- it's like the people that can really try their hardest and really try to get better are the ones that become the most successful because they want to get better. Right. Humans aren't perfect. And yeah, sometimes we have, I mean, yeah, we have expectations for ourselves, but we can't kill ourselves over trust. You know what I mean? Cause trust can be a difficult thing. People can get degraded by many things with trust and then they have like trust issues or they have, just problems with that. But, you know, the Lord is always there. So he always provides for us. So he's always, you know, a guardian for us to revert back to, mm. um, even though sometimes it's really difficult. And who can you trust more than Christ? You know, yeah. exactly. he's never going to let you down. And that's like, it's so good. Cause like, I'm one of those people that like, you know, there's been so many times in my life where people have like let down my trust. And so it can be super easy for me to be like, well, if all of these people how is it that like not just another person is going to be the same way? And that's why it's so important to like 
the Lord is a sturdy foundation. Like you need to trust him because he's going to be like that concrete thing. That's never going to let you down. Um, and then you're going to start to see the goodness and realize that there are different people in your life that you can actually trust and like who those people are, you know? And so like, he will really open that up for you. Um, yeah, so simple. Let me tell you, <laughs> you just got to like trust and just yeah. give it, give it all to him. There's that old saying, if, if you want God to laugh, just tell him your plans. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love That's that so a good much. One, yeah, I never yeah. heard that before. <laughs> No, it's, but this it's is really what I think is going to happen. Yeah. But then God probably has this whole other thing planned. For I was me. just reading after, after the, you know, the, the grand, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. And then after that, Jesus shows them like he's going to be handed over by the chief priests and the elders and the scribes and all of Jerusalem and the Jews to be handed over to the Romans to be crucified. And then Peter takes him aside and says, this will never happen to you, Lord. Yeah. Like. This ain't in the plan. Yeah. You dying and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's not like we're not planning on that. Yeah, and then and then Christ says, "Get behind me, Satan." Yeah, right. Which is like, whoa, wait yeah. a second. You just called him the rock, the foundation of the church, and now you're and calling now him, you Satan. Call him Satan. The most beautiful thing too that I keep talking, like I actually have several conversations today, is like scripture is just oh my gosh, so good because like I'm taking scripture and tradition right now, right, and it just like it reconfirms the fact that like humanity screws up all the time you know we're just so good at it because we're imperfect you know and so it's just like hilarious though because god will have this perfect plan you know but then we'll do something that's completely against the plan so for example like um abraham and isaac and like all that he like promised him that he was going to have a son but he didn't trust in that and he doubted and everything else and so he has one you know ishmael or whatever and so but the lord still brings beauty out of that so it's like not only can we trust that the Lord has a plan for us and just to trust in it because he knows best, but like to trust that, like, even if you've kind of like gone off the rails and you've kind of made your own plan and you're like, Lord, this is what I'm doing. He's like, nah, uh-huh. And you still do it anyways. Like he's still, he still has you, you know, and he still makes beautiful things out of our, just like a Jonah. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, it's like, like it, I ain't doing that, but it's like, it's not just him. Like that's, what's beautiful about the Bible too. And like, I'm really realizing like the importance of scripture because like, you just see again and again how he provides and how he makes beauty out of our beautiful messes, you know? Yeah. It's God like, has a way of making the most disastrous things beautiful. turn into beautiful. Like the Kellen and Alex show. Woo! This was, <laughs> this was an amazing podcast. This yeah. was great. This was really yeah. good. It was really good. There was so much about like retreat and net and, and uh, the youth, especially that I think we touched on that are really important. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, the biggest thing about being a witness and like yeah. actually your holiness and how your relationship with the Lord, that's the best way to communicate that Definitely. to somebody else. Definitely. So any, any final thoughts, parting words? I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Yeah. yeah I think um, just trust in the Lord with everything that you have. I know it's one of the most difficult things because as humans, we want to have control. We want to know what our destiny is, what's going on, but you know, ultimately God knows. So it's like a reassuring, it's difficult, but it's like, it's a difficult reassuring factor that, uh, you know, the Lord is always there for us, so we should never be afraid, but also just have a clear conscience, have a, you know, a clear mind and to have clarity is a good thing, but also to trust in the Lord that he has everything figured out. Yeah. Just simplicity, just holding on to that. You're just mm. a vessel, just be received. That's what simply you're show for. kindness. Yeah. yeah. It's like, my motto is life is simply a beautiful journey to joy. Like just, that's it. This is simplicity. It's beautiful. It's a journey and it's to joy. And we're meant to like receive that abundant joy. And that's what the Lord wants for us. Simply live in that. Wow. We're going to wrap it up with that. Yeah. Thank you, Jocelyn, so much yeah. for being Thanks, on Thanks for coming on. Me. Appreciate really it. Fantastic. And we got Josh Feibelman coming on on Thursday. All right. So Sweet. be looking forward to that. We're talking about uh, Hobbes and politics and all sorts of weird stuff. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be on Thursday. And that's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you so much for listening to the Kellen and Alex show. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.